This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today we have Mark Pfeffer on, and we're going to be talking all about our work together at Ceridian Insights. We are at a user conference in Vegas, and uh, it was fantastic. And, you know, um, I've been to Ceridian Insights probably 10 times as, a, as an analyst, and um you know, it's such a different experience as press or as an analyst. Um, you got to get treated in, in different ways. But this one, you know, we were in the partner hall. It was you, myself, a couple of people from Recruiting Daily and a couple of people from Ceridian. We'd had a whole podcast thing set up and uh, we had guests scheduled and it was a lot of energy. I mean, what I, um, you, you know, what I liked about it is it was reminiscent of like 2018, 2019 from an energy perspective. Uh, people, there's just a lot of constant traffic. It was loud. There was a hustle and a bustle to it. It was really nice. Um, in terms of conversations that that I think that, uh, that I had, we had several conversations, again, like Mark said, with both practitioners, uh, Ceridian executives, but also partner executives, uh, it was, I think my favorite out of all of them was probably uh, Denibra, uh, who who really kind of talked about the pulse of talent report that they had just done. Uh, she was just really dynamic. And, uh, and we really kind of got, we went deep into DEI really quickly. And so I think, you know, all of them are memorable. I think all the episodes are worth listening to. But that was the one that I, I just because she was just a, a kind of a force to be reckoned with and and just a really, really strong personality, super smart. And uh, the report itself also kind of gleaned some really interesting tidbits as well. How about you? You know, it was the whole thing that really excited me. Um, what did we talk to? 15 people, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, they were all really smart people who knew their portion of the business really well. They were all very engaging, but you really got um, a sense of how much brain power is at work in uh, the HR technology space. Yeah, I think it was also fun for you and I. To, we don't do as much stuff uh, together online. Uh, we we talk, you know, damn near every day and stuff like that. But we don't do as much stuff like this, and it was just fun stylistically because both of us we see the market have historically seen the market differently. And just to be able to bounce off of each other in in real time with guests was, uh, I think, a, a lot of fun. Uh, and I think it would be enjoyable for the audience to kind of go through that and kind of, you know, hear your questions, hear my questions, uh, you know, anecdotes and stories and things that was, the guests were kind of throwing at us as well. I think I think that was a nice there was a nice chemistry to what we were doing, but I also I you know absolutely agree with you the intellect that was. Just, in front of us that we got to play with like you know this is the the sad but important fortunate truth about podcasting or conversations in general you, you you can't do much with with uh 
with folks that don't give you much. Uh, there's, there's probably a, uh, a more polite way of saying that, but you know, when you're, when you're sitting down with really intelligent people, you, there's a lot of stuff that you can, you can kind of go in and out of a lot of discussions and topics and, and it's kind of fun when people are, uh, I've learned this, uh, you know, a long time ago, when people give you one word answers, you know, like you're trying to get them to talk. You're trying to pull things out of them. Like, well, what do you think about this? And they're like, well, you know, I think it's okay. It's like, <laughs> that's uh, that's hard. That's hard. I mean, some people still can make that work. Uh, but we had really, really good guests. Um, and again, I mean, we, had, we had people, you know, from uh, from RevTech, Dovetail, BDO, obviously, Think Best Practice, uh, Ceridian, obviously, we had a lot of exa- almost the entire executive team from Ceridian at different points. Equifax, Experian, the list goes on. It's just, it was just really, really smart people. And I think topically, you and I could bounce, you know, off of news, things that have just dropped. I think, like with the EMEA, um, Wendy, they had just dropped digital wallet, you yeah. know, and you and I, like, we were salivating at this this idea of okay so in the uk they get paid once a month okay that's cool whatever they're i guess they're used to that um and all of a sudden now they've got access to in real time their funds that they've accrued so like what kind of what kind of rippling changes is gonna is that gonna have societally like not just for the people at ceridian and customers and things like that but i think you and i both bounced off that topic in different ways yeah i think um you know earned earned wage access uh right has been around for about 10 years and suddenly in the last year it seems to have really started to gather steam you have a lot of vendors out there with products you've got ceridian as you said moving into emea with their product um I think it's going to be one of the more interesting areas to to look at uh, next year, which kind of goes to show you that stuff that other people might consider dull, right? Payroll um, isn't. Yeah. No, there's innovation everywhere, and this pay on demand earned earned. I think you know, for most people, they look at it and they say, "Oh, well, yeah, you're an Uber driver. You want to tab out at the end of the week or uh, drive or whatever." Yeah, that seems reasonable. It's like. Well, yes. And oh, by the way, if you're an accountant with Deloitte and you want to do that, you can also do that. And uh, to your point, it's been around like Ceridians, even their digital wallet's been in the U.S. and Canada uh, for a while. Uh, But bringing it across the pond, um, that's interesting. Again, there's like to to your point, there's innovation that happens in work tech everywhere. It's just you, you once you got to look for it and you got to find it. And you know, you, we, you and I talked after HR Tech about the uh, the wonderful world of uh, kind of background screens and about identity verification. And it's like you talk about something that could be probably the least sexiest thing in HR Tech: background screening, almost commoditized. And all of a sudden, they've had a new life uh, because now they're moving more to, to a SaaS model and into continuous identity verification, which is fascinating because you, you know, like you and I grew up in a world where you, yeah, well, of course you did a background check. 
you know, you, you went for a job, you, you got to a certain point in the application process and they ran a check on you, you know, to make sure you didn't weren't a murderer or something. Okay. Fair enough. But the risk now is, well, that, yeah, you do that at the beginning, but the risk is, okay, that person gets charged for, you know, rape or, or whatever, two or three years or two or three weeks into their tenure, they don't have to disclose to the company that they're under indictment or, or any of those types of things. They don't have to disclose that, yet your brand is now associated with, with whatever's going on in their lives. So I think, uh, you know, again, you mentioned it with, with payroll being not sexy. There's a bunch of kind of core HR stuff that's not sex benefits. and But they're, when we say they're not sexy, what we're really saying is, uh, yeah, there's some innovation in there that you should pay attention to. Right. Actually, one of the most interesting people we talked to, at least to me, um, was David Lloyd. Uh-huh. David Lloyd is the chief data officer for Ceridian. And we were talking about, at one point, data and burnout, you know, how, how data can be used to tease out burnout to help, uh, to help employers get a better handle on the state of their workforce's mind. Now, I'm a guy who almost flunked high school math. And for me to sit down and talk for half an hour with a chief data officer, understand it, well, it's, it's first a credit to his ability to explain it, but you really can't help but be fascinated by some of the things that are going on under the hood in payroll, in workforce management, in any of those things. Yeah, they're sitting on so much data. You know, Ceridian and uh, and you know payroll providers in general, they're sitting on so much data. They've always been sitting on so much data, but they're sitting on so much data, and now they're applying all these really interesting analytics to it. His his discussion with us about burnout was, I think, fascinating from the perspective of like there's predictors, there's things that are going on that you can see in the data. That if you know as a manager or a business owner, et cetera, if you know those things and you know those are triggers, you know, a person hasn't, um, you know, three weeks, three weeks in a row, they've, they've uh, got overtime um, and, you know, their anniversary is coming up. Like you can, you can pull all this data together in a way that basically says you should do this for this employee proactively so it's almost like looking at data the data then saying here's what's going on and then now be proactive i think is just fascinating and i think i think we'll see more of that to come but his conversation is absolutely one of the episodes i think you should listen to all the episodes because i think there's nuggets in all of them but that was all i think i agree with you that was a really fun conversation i think we could have probably probably had another hour with him legitimately yeah. Yeah. You know who else was really interesting was um Soman Mondal. Yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. sure if I'm pronouncing that right. But um he, he's the general manager of talent intelligence for Ceridian. And he's actually the first person I've met who's spending their time thinking about talent intelligence. We we hit him pretty hard with that, you and I. Um, because we we came away from HR Tech wondering. Uh, in one way, shape, or another, was work was was this talent intelligence just a buzzword? Was it a kind of a reframing of workforce planning? Uh, wh- 
was it just nothingness uh, like a lot of things that happen in HR tech? Was it just marketing uh, shtick? Um, and so you and I hit him pretty hard. That's actually an episode really worth listening. <laughs> if you're as, as uh, cynical as I am uh, when it comes to some of these terms, he, um, you know, I first met him a hundred years ago when he started ideal candidate, uh, which then became ideal, which was an AI play. And again, talent intelligence, but, uh, mostly at that point on the candidate side and what can we learn from the candidate's behavior and how does that help us, et cetera. And so now with the acquisition, it's really an acquired ideal and with the acquisition, now he's applying that that mentality, but he's applying that with much bigger data set and across the entire life cycle. And he is, to your point, he is the first person that I think legitimately that I've that I've met that's wor- that's in it, that's got his hands down in the mud, actually doing it. And uh, he'll be interesting to talk to next year and see what's what you know what's what's come of the last year of talent intelligence yeah i think i think you're right and then there was um carly meyer of RevTech consulting and yeah she was interesting one reason is because she gave i thought a pretty clear view of what's going on what's going on out on the ground yep it's it's uh, and she had just uh, they had just completed an acquisition, uh, three firms essentially three firms came together, and it's uh, it on the front end was kind of vendor selection, which was a kind of all three of them are consulting firms, but one was more of the vendor selection part. The other was more of an implementation SI system integrator uh, approach, and the other was kind of uh, change management. And doing all of the kind of the things that happen communication-wise uh, around technology change, so those were three different firms that then were now put together into one firm uh, to help people. You know, we really got. I think there's probably four or five conversations where we talked about SI system integrators more than I've talked to talked about in in a number of years. Um, so I think that was fascinating to talk to different people at different vantage points about SIs. Like, what are you getting out of an SI? How do you pick an SI? How do you know you're getting into a quality relationship? And for the audience, SI is kind of a fancy way of saying consulting firm that helps you with your implementation. So if you don't do your implementation, and let's say a Ceridian in this case, they don't do the implementation, someone's got to implement the software. Um, Even if it's a light uh, stand-up, somebody's got to do it. Um, so I think that was a really fun conversation because of where they are with how they approach the market. You can buy the vendor selection part by itself. You can buy the SI part by itself, or you can buy the change management by itself, or you can buy any other combination of that, which I think that was a, her Vista or vantage point was really amazing because she could talk about, if you wanted to talk about vendor selection, she could talk about that. If you wanted to talk about, implementations and where things go sideways she could easily talk about that and and then change management all the different things that are good bad and ugly and change management so that was a great conversation too but i mean in in the you know 15 to 17 conversations we had we talked about si's a lot they came up uh more 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 often than not 
Yeah, and you know, it it makes sense because so many of the vendors in the space are relying more and more on integrations of one sort or another. And customers need someone to put the pieces together, basically. Someone's got to navigate that water forum. And, uh, you know, from a probably a publicly traded company perspective, but also from the folks that are, that are not, it's, they don't want to get into consulting. You know, if it's a, if it's a pure technology, a software company, they don't, they don't really want to build a services layer, a heavy services layer, uh, a light services layer. Yes. Like I remember uh, workday initially, um, when they first came to market, they kind of had the idea of like, we're going to do 80, 20. 80% of our implementations will be done by consulting firms or SIs, and we'll do 20%. I think by the time they got to, uh, when it went public, it was more like 90-10. Um, and I, I think that that's, that's more of a model of a true software company understanding what they're great at and saying, we're great at building software. Let us just build software let the Deloitte's and KPMGs of the world let them do what they're great at, and so there's a recognition there. Again, the light services layer I think is good for for technology companies, but let, once it goes deeper than that, you know, they don't want to go deep. They don't want to do a you know a four month, six month implementation, global implementation of something. They want they want somebody that's great at that, that's doing it every day, uh, and so I. I think that was a, that was just fun to kind of talk about SIs and to talk about kind of the importance of change management and uh, and picking the right partner. I think you and I hit on several different times, like where it's chemistry. It's chemistry. You got to make sure not only they have the competence, but do you have the chemistry with the firm that will make it work? Right. Well, I guess we should let these these nice listeners go and listen to these podcasts. I think so. I think that, I think that would be a wonderful thing because so I'm excited. I know you and I had a lot of fun, uh, but I think the uh, I think the audience is also going to have a lot of fun just listening to these. And if you want to listen to them, which we hope you do, you can find them at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com slash ceridian dash insights dash twenty twenty two. And it's a long url so i'll say it again www.hcmtechnologyreport.com slash ceridian dash insights dash 2022 william always good to see you always good to see you and that was a wonderful thing mark we need to do that more often it's been wonderful and thanks for everyone that listens to the recruiting daily podcast until next time You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com. 